My name is Kyle Willis, and this is Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. Welcome back to a new episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. We are carrying on our series of The Complete Entrepreneur, and today's topic is going to set you entrepreneurs up in making sure your ad campaigns, your web content, your messaging, your sales tactics, all of it works together by understanding your audience and how to communicate with them. We're getting into the topic of copywriting. And our guest on the show is my dear friend and expert in the copywriting field, Sarah Tempty. Sarah, thank you for being with us here today. I'm so thrilled. And Kyle, you have such a radio voice. Do you just listen for your voice? You know, I, I appreciate that. I, I guess I have that. Do I turn this on naturally or does it come only when the radio, when the record button starts? I like it. Thank you. Thank you. So Sarah, you know, I've enjoyed learning from you, watching from you uh, of this whole element of being able to get into the mind of your viewer, of your reader. You're an expert of being able to get people to take action. And you, you do it so humbly and so often behind the scenes, working with your clients, whether it be in a ghostwriting perception or being in more of a teaching element, you've built this foundation uh, that people seek you out, that you have a waiting list of clients demanding your services that you can just say, yeah, when it comes uh, available, I'll let you know. But this excellence, this skill set you have, I always love getting into the origin, getting into the foundation of before this waiting list was created, where did your interest, your passion, your, your search for what copywriting is all about as an entrepreneur begin? I didn't know that copywriting existed <laughs> or that this online marketing community existed um, right up to the point pretty much that I was in it. Hmm. So I didn't grow up wanting to do this. I grew up wanting to be a published author. I wanted to write like the next great American novel. Yeah. And, um, literally from the time that I was, you know, in elementary school was like writing stories. My library changed the amount of books. They put a limit on the amount of books that you could check out because of me. Cause I'd have like a hundred books <laughs> out at one time. So they said you'd only have 50 books checked out at one time. <laughs> I've, I had my library card go into collections. Like I was just upset because of so many fines on it. I was just like obsessed with stories. And then when I was in grad school studying fiction, I stumbled into this world because I was literally just trying to make money Yeah. Um, to like pay my way through school. So I was waitressing, tutoring, bartending, hmm. and started doing some freelance blogging like put a profile up on Upwork, put something out on Craigslist, like literally like, Hey, I'll write your rewrite your website for a yeah. hundred bucks. Cause I was not because I knew shit about business or marketing, but because I was like, I'm a good writer. I can probably figure this out. Cause I'd studied writing my whole life. Yeah. And then when people started paying me, 
And when I started actually putting together these websites or managing these random Instagram accounts or writing blog posts for literally anyone from like landscapers to wedding photographers, yeah. you know, getting paid 20 or 50 bucks a pop, I uncovered this world of online marketing and was just blown away by the opportunity and by the freedom that people had, by the innovation that was happening. Hmm. Um, and loved the way that I could use my background in storytelling and character development um, to kind of mesh with the world of marketing. So yeah, so just got obsessed with telling real people's stories and figuring out sales psychology because I had spent so much time just loving developing fake characters and fake stories and getting into other people's heads, you know, from the time that I was a little girl being like, I'm going to write a story about you know, a princess or a convicted serial killer or someone going out in the wild west. And so I feel like I had spent most of my life getting in other people's shoes and having empathy yeah. for other people's situations and imagining what it would look like to live a life really different from my own. And so what I do now where I'm getting into the shoes of an audience or a character, like an avatar or someone's market feels so natural and easy yeah. and also feels like more impactful because I get to change real people lives and help you know companies encourage their audiences to make you know a life-changing transformation or purchase or investment absolutely and you know you talk about being able to get yourself in the shoes of mm -hmm. your customer that that's not easy I imagine that's taken some work to be able to understand the the personas that you're working with the consumer behavior their buying process can you share a little bit of insights of I understand can't let all the secrets out of the bag uh, but you know what kind of the, the start has looked like for you and being able to uh, go from being able to create stories of new characters from the books you're reading and that fictional part to then translate that to, all right, here's my client, here's their product or service, here's who they're trying to sell it to. How do I write and communicate in such a way that people want to click that buy now button? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it starts by getting to know an audience more holistically. I find that often when business owners are trying to get inside the head of their audience, they only think about this one aspect of their audience's lives. And that's the little aspect of whatever they're selling, you yeah. know, whether they're selling a business product, health product, relationship product. And they never ask questions or figure out what's going on in the other parts of this person's life. And I feel like that makes your copy and your content really two-dimensional. Mm, because you're always selling to a human um, and humans make decisions like humans, which is to say there's always subtext. There's always a bunch of different emotional reactions. There's always, they're always bringing their whole life experience to the table when they make a decision about anything. Yeah. And so I have a lot of conversations with people and I'm not just asking about how their business is doing. If I'm working on a sales page for a business product, I'm also asking about other aspects of their life. And then when I sit down to write, I'm, almost in like a meditative state where I am trying to imagine what it would feel like to go through life as them on a regular basis. Hmm. So if I'm imagining, you know, Hey, just got off the phone with someone who is, you know, 45 and has been trying to get their business off the ground for 15 years. And I imagine starting at like Monday morning on 6am, how that, 
pain and that struggle impacts every interaction and moment that they have like throughout mm -hmm. their week. And so what do they feel like when they walk down to the kitchen to make coffee? And like maybe they have a stab of guilt because they've been promising their wife or husband, you know, so their significant other that they're going to remodel the kitchen. They've been making that promise for five, 10, 15 years, but have never had the money to do it. And maybe even when they've had the money, they've invested it in business opportunities that have gone south or coaching programs that haven't really worked out. Yeah. And so I try to walk myself through almost like I'm watching a movie yeah. and watching them collide with all these different life events and imagine what that would feel like. Um, and that's one of the most helpful things. And I have, I encourage people to kind of walk through that. Like if you're struggling to write copy that is emotional and compelling, like make a, take out a piece of paper and write Monday, 6am, Monday, 9am, you know, go through like almost write out a little calendar and imagine them walking through, you know, meetings that they have yeah. or making a decision of whether they're going to go out for a date night or not, or deciding whether to sleep in or not, like all these different decisions, how do they react to that decision based on, you know, where they're at, where their headspace is at, what struggles they're in right now. And so as you're getting into the, the pains and the lifestyle that goes into that buying journey, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, I like that aspect where you're saying, okay, it's not just the, here's the list of features or benefits that this product or service may have, but you're really trying to think through that element of if if you don't fix this situation you're in now, if you don't fix the problem you're dealing with now, that pain that you have at 6 a.m., What's going to change about your day? How will that affect the way you live your life? What's Tuesday, Wednesday going to look like? But how do I then speak to the, the whole person rather than just the momentary bliss this product may provide? In that, being able to unpack the, that that mindset, that process that you're taking, uh, the, the viewer through this is a, this is a bit of a loaded question so i welcome you to help me unpack it and, and we can answer it in parts what what have you seen work and being able to speak to that audience in a, a long form or short form and i understand that different mediums call for different styles of writing you know your ads may be shorter than versus a landing page content mm -hmm. but when you're trying to speak to your audience in that way when you're trying to address your your customer and say i understand i relate to what you're going through at 6 a.m what have you seen work in terms of how much content people are looking for to feel that connection versus can you say that in under 50 words and have the same type of impact. Yeah, I feel like typically 50 words is a little short. Sure. Um, I often think that stories work best and stories let you get away with longer form content. Because when pe once people get hooked by a story, they feel let they don't feel the length as much. Hmm. Um, it, the reading is faster. And that's one of the reasons that lists also work like these listicles where it's like hey 10 reasons why or yeah. 18 things I've learned or nine predictions for the industry in 2019 it reads faster because people just get hooked into the pace so I like using lists or stories to okay. get away with long-form content and I think the longer that you can keep people's eyes on what you're doing the more of an emotional bond is formed yeah um 
And I will say that I don't see people using stories enough. Hmm. I think there's way too much of an emphasis on like, quote unquote, value-based content right now in marketing and everyone trying to like teach and be so educational and drop so much quote unquote value when honestly that isn't usually the best way to get someone's attention Mm. right off the bat. Um, Especially if you're doing something like an ad or doing copy on social media or doing copy in someone's email inbox where there's a lot of noise, a lot of distractions, Um, stories that make people smile or that feel like a breath of fresh air or that make them feel like their load is a little lighter or there's a little light at the end of the tunnel are, in my opinion, sometimes a lot more valuable than trying to be a college professor on Facebook or in someone's email inbox. Um, So I would love to see people tell more funny or emotional or meaningful stories about their life, about their clients' lives or what they see going on. Um, And I think that's often the best way to start getting someone's attention and lead into, you know, a CTA at the bottom of that ad or that email. And and a lot of times when you were creating that content, being able to tell that story, uh, you talk about CTA at the end, what have you seen being more effective than, uh, hey, I've told the story, allow that to lead to a conversation, you know, the buzzword today is a strategy session, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, I've, I've seen, you know, the, you know, tell that story, allow that to then lead to, hey, let's have a conversation, see if we can help what your need is, uh, or has it been more, hey, stories sell and stories can end with a buy now as you've seen one perform over another is it truly your product or service will dictate what's best any insights of uh, kind of what what you've seen in the content you've created that others you've studied the calls to action come the best calls to action that come out of stories i think people like to be told what to do okay and people like to know what comes next and so telling a story and leaving it open-ended and hoping someone just reaches out to you or hoping someone comments and says, how can I send you money is a little bit of a pipe dream. So I like strong and clear calls to action. Now it doesn't always have to be by now. It doesn't always have to be book a call with me. It could be shoot me a message. It could be, Hey, think about X, Y, Z. It could be, Hey, reply to this email. And you know, asking this little question that opens a conversation over email or over DMs or in the comment section can be great. Um, but I think clarity is really important and people don't want to get on the phone with you or don't want to click through to whatever's next unless they really feel like you're holding their hand and they know what's going to happen. Yeah. I like clarity. I like a strong ask. I like that. That's good. And, you know, I, I, I love that aspect of being able to, as you said, hold their hand, guide them through because it keeps that relationship intact. It keeps that aspect totally. where they're not a transaction. Um, and, you know, it's not the, okay, I think we're all used to now the funnels that lead to upsells. And it's like, wait a minute, totally. I thought, I thought you're going to actually help solve a problem. <laughs> and I'm not against upsells. Don't get me wrong. You think they're great. I think that's the natural build of any funnels that get created. Mm-hmm. When I think about, you know, these entrepreneurs who are either just starting their business or wanting to know how to scale it and say, oh, yeah, I want to create content that can speak to my audience because I'm a firm believer that if you started your business, you got to have a real expertise in what you uh, can offer and something that's really going to change the way your audience has come to expect whatever your product or service may be. 
uh, we don't need more noise. We need something that's going to cut through that noise. So in that content, in creating that story, uh, the ability for your call to action to be able to say, look, you've read this far, I've demonstrated a level of expertise, and I think human stories provide value. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I'm not anti-value-based marketing, but I absolutely agree that there's so, you know, I think I've, I've told you before how many courses I've signed up for and go through 20% of the material because, sure, it's great content, it's value-based, but it's not made the impact on me to say, hell yeah, I got to spend my time going through this and it's going to change my business. And 100%. yeah, that, a lot of that's on me, but the most effective coaches, the most effective programs, the most effective uh, trainings I've gone through have been when there's someone who can tell that story to say, this is the impact it's going to be in your business. So what I'd love to know a little bit, Sarah, is just trying to make this really practical. Uh, you know, when, when you're creating content, if you're able to share with us a little bit of the process you go through um, from, hey, the client says, I sell these kinds of widgets. My audience is people who live in Timbuktu at this age range, mm-hmm. and these are their interests. Is it, what's the process you'd go through from, okay, I have this information to now pens on the paper and I'm ready to turn this into the client. Is it more research you do into the audience? Is it, you know, how do you create the story in your mind and tell and, and, and uh, understand that, that buyer's journey? Is that where you need to really interview the client deeper or what's that process look like for you? The first thing I do ideally is listen to recorded sales calls. Hmm, Um, Most of the people I write for, it's not product-based. It's usually service-based or, you know, programs. So there are often sales calls. And I want to listen to closes and non-closes with people who they thought were ideal fits. I love that. And I'm in that process. I'm absorbing a lot of stuff that will end up in the copy. But what I'm specifically looking for is what were all of the reasons, um, that that person hadn't bought yet. Um, What were the list of things that would have kept that person from buying or would keep that person from buying? Because those are going to be the objections that their audience is dealing with on a regular basis. Um, And they're often between the lines. They're often not things that people maybe say outright, but you can kind of hear it in their tone or you can hear it when it flips, like on the ones where the person does close, you can hear the moment where they're like, Oh yeah. What you just said, that was it. Like that was the flip. Um, and so then the first thing I do after listening to all of those calls and maybe having some interviews as well with their current past customers or just involved audience members, I make a list of everything that's currently keeping their audience from buying. And it could be, there's a range of things. It could be that they don't fully understand the product. You know, they don't fully understand the widget. They have questions about it, a lack of clarity about it. It could be that like identity related beliefs that are keeping them from buying. Maybe they think I am not organized enough or smart enough or tacky enough or young enough or old enough or, you know, insert any belief to benefit from this widget. Yeah. You know, this is for someone else, not for me. Yep. Um, it might be, oh, there's not enough support involved with this, or this isn't the right time because of X. 
And so I try to make a list. It's usually 15 or so things. And then my goal is to shape a story and like a sales letter or a series of emails that's going to address every single one of those. Yeah. Ideally in general sequence, because there are some things that are going to have to happen up front, yeah. like prerequisite sort of beliefs. Um, and then as they get deeper, usually the last belief is around like, oh, this might not be the right time. I'm going to wait another month, sure. et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that is going to at least form like the bulk of the campaign. Um, and I usually by that point have intuitively stumbled upon a story that's going to work. I've had enough conversations. It's been yeah. mulling in my subconscious enough that I've either talked to, you know, the CEO or the owner and they've had a personal story that really stuck out of like, That's the one. Yeah. Or I've talked to one of the clients or customers and they've had a story where I'm like, that's the one. Or there's been something happening in pop culture or some sort of news story where I'm like, okay, that's the story that we're going to shape this around. Um, and then we're going to make sure that after we kind of tell this story, we, as we get into, you know, the pivot where we're starting to make the sale, we make sure that we're addressing all of those hurdles that if they're not addressed now, they're going to keep people from clicking by now, yeah. keep people from scheduling the call, or even if they do schedule the call, they're going to show up with a laundry list of objections and internal doubts that are going to make it a heck of a lot harder for the salesperson to actually close the deal. If you're driving right now, I hope you pulled over to the side of the road to take some notes on what Sarah just shared because <laughs> that was huge. I mean, that is, um, I, I hate the, I hate the term gold and nuggets and all the analogies people use to like, wow, that was value bombs. Like, but no shit, that was really, really practical and super helpful to think through of where to begin. You know, I think of um, my business now and the sales calls I go on and, and you know, made a few examples there. I'm like, oh shit, that's exactly what I'm going through of, hey, someone reached out to me and said, I'm interested. I put together a proposal, get on the phone, talk to them and say, this is awesome, but let's talk in three months. And I'm like, what the hell? Why'd you reach out to me now if you actually want to talk yeah. in three months? Probably there's more there than just they're not ready to buy yet. Something didn't really connect with their need. And so how do I, what are those objections? What are those conversations of that good closes and the closes I didn't win? And being able to build my content out of those objections, out of those what ifs, those aha moments to then increase my success rate from those sales calls. Totally. So can I'm I give an example of like please, how simple please. it can be yeah. to take one of those objections and speak to it? Cause I think every business owner should have a list of what are the 20 things that might keep people from clicking to my product page, clicking to schedule a sales call yeah. or actually like not buying at all. Um, I know for my people, so if someone's, you know, maybe should be hiring a copywriter and hasn't yet, one of the doubts is no one can capture my voice. Mm. It's like my, I want my audience to hear my voice. My audience loves me and trusts me. And if I hand this over to a copywriter, they're going to know it's not me. It's going to feel like suddenly someone else is talking to them. Yep. And so if I want to speak to that belief in my audience, I might write a Facebook post. If I ever was active on social media, I might do this. <laughs> um, and tell us a story about how, um, let's see, 
So when I was growing up, my mom would always give me a super hard time because after friends came over, I would talk like them. <laughs> so I have a random friend over and we'd, you know, we have a sleepover or something. She would go home and all of a sudden, like my voice would sound like her. I would tell jokes like her. I would use the words that she used. And mom would be like, okay, what happened to Sarah? <laughs> Why is Callie suddenly here? Like yeah. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. And I've always just said like, I don't know if I have my own voice. I think I just absorb other people. Hmm. And I would kind of say, hey, I've been doing this since I was a kid, like getting obsessed with other people's voices, trying them on. I did this in acting class. I did this as a novel writer. And now it's what I do every day with my yeah. clients. I'm not going to write in my voice. I'm not going to write in marketer McMarketerson's voice. <laughs> I'm going to write as you. And I have like, a toolkit that's going to let me do that. And that's a really silly story, but it probably is going to move the needle for a couple people in my audience who are like, oh, huh, maybe it is possible for someone else to spend time with me, go through some voice exercises with me, listen to stories that they've audio recorded for me, because that's usually how I work with my clients is I have them audio record stuff so that I can listen to them while I write. And I'm not going to be betraying my audience by publishing yeah. this you know, weird stuff maybe it will actually sound like me. So it can be as simple as that and it can really help you write, you know, you know you should post something, you know you should email your list and you don't know what to say. Go back to that objection list yeah. and speak to one of those. That I love that, that was awesome. Little did Callie know that she would be setting you up for your career <laughs> as a little 12 I owe everything to her. <laughs> That's great. I, I think about my 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 uh, dad used to make fun of me when I would travel internationally. Mm -hmm. um, he he's uh, uh, he was a a, a pastor and would travel internationally, and yeah. I got to go with him many times. Uh, he's uh, places across the country and you know in Switzerland or your other places around Europe. I would either change the way I spoke to be mm -hmm. or quiet and, and, you know, slow in my way. Yeah. Um, so that way I, I could, you know, they could understand me better and he would make fun of me like, Kyle, you know, we're back in the States now. You don't have to speak <laughs> slowly. And so I would adapt that way to try to make sure they understand me. Um, or then I had you know, some really good friends from the South. And somehow I picked up the Southern drawl. So, you know, you tell me I got a radio voice. Well, for some reason, I've been told <laughs> that when I grab a microphone and I get on stage, I get the Southern drawl that comes out. And, Perfect. you know, and it would, it, my mom would make fun of me for how I would be on stage speaking. So <laughs> I've not been able to capitalize on how to turn that into a career yet and speak in the voice. But I absolutely respect that you've been able to adapt and morph and to understand how to embody and embrace the voice and tone of your clients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sarah, let me take this kind of one level deeper as we're, as we're wrapping up here and getting on into this mindset, this method of, uh, of copywriting, of being able to mm -hmm. understand your, your consumer, understand your client, both sides of kind of similar coin. You know, I'm a firm believer in understanding and what we're launching here with the series of The Complete Entrepreneur, that the reality is there's not one entrepreneur who can do it all. 
You know, as we have episodes on advertising, sales, marketing, and mindset, copywriting. If there was one person who just was a master of them all, it'd be a unicorn and they get shot tomorrow. And the reality is we, there may be multiple tool sets, multiple skills that one person can have, but a lot of them, they're going to need to surround themselves with others who have the tool sets they don't and build up those skills or much less hire that, that skill set out and say, hey, it's better use of my time, my money, my energy to bring someone like you in and say, hey, be my voice, be my, my, my copywriter for this long-winded setup to ask a question, where would you suggest someone begin? If someone says, I either want to develop my skills, and I guess two questions. First off, where should someone begin? If I want to develop my skills as a copywriter, better understand the voice and tone. And I'll ask the question again for, for, for part two, the second part then being, if they don't want to hire, if they don't want to learn it themselves, how can they follow up with you or, or learn about other copywriters to hire? Yeah. So if you want to develop your skills, I would say you need to be writing on a regular basis is, you know, a big part of the battle. And in order to be, to be doing that, I would recommend like, Hey, start sending out a daily email series or start posting daily on social media. And those are really low risk yeah. ways to test your writing and just say, Oh, look, those five posts barely got any traction. But when I wrote a post about this, or when I started a post by you know, this way, instead of this way, I started to get more traction. So you can read all the copywriting books in the world, take all the courses in the world, but if you're not actually doing it, you're not going to get better. I think a lot of people get stuck in that learning mode. I would also say, start paying attention to the stuff that gets your attention. Hmm. If you click through an email, if you click a link, be like, huh, that call to action worked for me or that, you know, email worked on me. I'm going to move that into an email folder you know, called swipe file or sure. study these or templates. And next time that I'm sending out an email, I'm going to read through some of those emails and maybe pick up some ideas. Yeah. I really recommend doing this with content that's outside of your industry so that you don't end up just sounding exactly like everyone else in your industry. Um, but we don't want any more Jay Shetty's, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but start paying attention to the things that get your interest. Did you just read a mile long Facebook post? The ones that have continue reading and you literally mm -hmm. have to wait till it opens on a new tab, but you were interested enough to keep reading cool, drop, you know, save that or drop that in a folder yeah. and use that to study. Um, be like, Hey, how did they tell a story? Oh, look how they did this. Oh, look how they, you know, opened it up. Look what the bottom call to action was and use those as little puzzle pieces That's good. as you start to learn. So those are, and then another thing that I would say is before you write, um, get your clients in your ears. Cause that's going to help your voice that's going to help you speak more to where your people are at so if you take client calls if you take sales calls if you do anything like that and you record them play one while you're doing your makeup in the morning and then sit down to do your writing yeah. Yeah. because you're going to be in your client's head before you even begin so that's a great way to kind of get in the 
mindset for writing. And I often recommend that people do writing right after they get off client calls because you're in the flow, you're in work mode, you've got ideas flowing, you've been talking, so you're in your voice. Yeah. Sit down and get a post out. Just say, hey, just got off the call with a client who was complaining about X or really struggling with X. And I'm guessing you are too. Here's what I want to say. Yeah. You know, just do some simple stuff like that. If you are ready to hire it out, first of all, you better have sold this thing before. Don't go to a copywriter um, if you've never sold anything like it before, or they'll be shooting in the dark just like you are. That's good. They advice. might be writing prettier words, but they'll also be, you know, flying blind. But once you've sold it before, whether it's face to face on sales calls, hustling to get those first few sales. Um, Find someone who's written for your industry or type of product before. Okay. Um, I had someone get on the phone with me a few weeks ago who sells generators. He says he sounds like an awesome person, sounds like an awesome product. I don't know shit about generators. <laughs> I would have so much catching up to do. Yeah. Um, whereas someone who's, you know, works in that industry or in that field is going to have such a leg up. So find someone who has worked in your industry before and is ideally passionate about it, actually cares about that audience. Um, find someone who has you know, references, has gotten results before, um, and then get on the phone with them and ask them a couple questions um, that will reveal whether they're an expert or not. Say, hey, mm-hmm. how would you approach this campaign? What does your writing process look like? What, do, what have you seen is important on this type of campaign? Um, and I'm not saying ask them to give away all their secrets or anything like that. Sure. Um, but you can generally get a pretty good feel for if someone actually knows what's working right now or not. Awesome. That's um, huge. Yeah. So I would start there. So let me ask, I just, I, I, I know you're humble and I know you don't like to, mm-hmm. to brag about all that you've been able to accomplish. So let me be the, the champion in your corner to say, you know, oh. you've created some mm-hmm. incredible works that people don't even know you've written. Uh, you, like I said earlier in the beginning, um, uh, the list of clients that you have waiting for your services, um, pretty incredible to be at a place that you can pick and choose who you get to work with. Is there a way though that people can stay connected to you, learn from you? If there's other copywriters listening right now and say, man, I want to be in a place that I have demand like that, uh, or business owners, these entrepreneurs are saying, I want to know how to develop those skills for myself. Uh, is there a place that you write, a place that you teach, a place that you uh, would encourage people connecting with you to learn a bit more practical tips and tricks? Totally. So you can see what I'm up to either by sending me a friend request on Facebook. My name is Sarah Tempty, S-A-R-A-H-T-E-M-T-E, or just go to sarahtempty.com and I have current stuff up there um, typically. I am not taking a lot of private clients right now. That side of my roster is full. However, um, I'm releasing a series of masterclasses this fall. If wow. people are interested, if you're listening, you know, while this is current, um, fall 2019, classes on um, email marketing, giving away tons of templates, literally giving you my emails or emails I've written for other people that have worked. Um, and those people have paid me, you know, ten thousand dollars to write an email sequence, or five thousand wow. dollars to map out a funnel, and you can get them for a lot less by, you know, watching a masterclass yeah. for a couple hundred bucks. So that's a great way. Um, if you're still doing your own copywriting, 
or if you have someone on your team and you want to give them resources um, so that they're not shooting in the dark and they have an idea of what's working right now. And then if you are wanting something custom, I do um, some one day work with people. So I'm not doing full on funnel writing, but if you want me to map out your funnel, if you want me to, uh, you know, figure out those beliefs that need to be overcome in order for someone to show up on a sales call with their credit card ready to buy. We can spend a day together, um, call it like an offer doctor day. Basically make sure your offer is something people actually want, figure out how to talk about it in a way that gets people hyped and figure out, you know, the 10 or 15 pieces of content and emails you need to send to fill up your calendar or get your product moved. Love it. Okay. And the best way to learn about uh, the Offer Doctor as well as master classes is go into sarahtempty.com. Yep. That is. By the time this goes live, those updated things will be up there. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going through a little transition because I no longer have private client spots up. So if you went as of recording right now, it's still private client stuff mostly on my website. But by the okay. time this goes live, um, if I get my stuff together, it'll be up there. I'm so happy to hear that because the world needs more Sarah and Aww. being able to expand what you're able to offer through master classes like that, I think is going to be huge in being able to help teach and train those, you know, I'm thinking right now with the copywriters we have on our staff of being able to say, Hey, I need you to go through this course right now. Uh, because what you, you know, if I could get a little bit of Sarah in our team, that uh, would be massively beneficial to our clients and be able to, get inside your head and understand that buyer's journey, the personas, the stories, the emotions that go into that so much better than just what we try to, you know, shoot in the dark and figure out on our own. So Sarah, I I love what you've been able to bring to us today. I think it's been super practical being able to uh, have that foundation going into the copywriting, thinking through, you know, I love that aspect of listening to sales calls, the wins and the losses of being able to understand what's worked and what's not and create the content from that and allow the voice of your client, the voice of your, your customer to be what guides where the content creation comes from. Thank you so much for the very practical examples, stories you've been able to tell and bring that advice to our listeners today. I really appreciate your time with us. You're so welcome. This is a blast. (laughs) Awesome. Well, for those listening, we'll have another episode next week carrying on our series of The Complete Entrepreneur. Sarah, so grateful for your time here today. Listeners, really appreciate uh, your time listening and then we'll have on our website mfrrpodcast.com show notes from this episode as well as links to sarah's facebook and her website so that way you can reach out to her and stay connected Uh, i always sign up for that master class encourage you guys to do so as well sarah thank you again Hey, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Marketing from the Roosevelt Room. If you heard something today that you would like to follow up on and be able to connect with us, connect with our guests, we will have their contact information as well as any links to resources they talked about from Facebook groups, their website, any type of offers that they gave on our website at mfrrpodcast.com. Once again, that is mfrrpodcast.com. 
join us there. I'd love to keep the conversation going and you'll be able to get all of our show notes as well as links that the guests spoke about. So that way we can really serve you. Really do appreciate you spending time with us today in this episode. Hope you have a great rest of your day.